Hey y'all, you're listening to Social Soundcheck, where we discuss all things related to Black music, politics, and resilience. Music is an everyday part of our shared experience, and we've created this space to intentionally pause and reflect over our lives, work, and relationships through music. I'm Lysandra. And I'm Kara. Thanks for tuning in. Let's jump into this week's episode. (laughs) Save time for music. (laughs) It's our first episode, Kara. I can't believe it. I <laughs> feel like we've been talking about this for maybe too long a year. before actually recording. <laughs> well, yeah, two months before recording, but then like well over a year with just this idea of a podcast about Black music and resilience. So I'm so excited that this is our first episode. I'm glad that uh-huh. all of you are tuning in. Yeah. Yeah, look, this- like... I know I am just a casual, and by casual, I mean completely unlearned and novice music listener like most everyone, but I know you are not. Um, and so I'm really interested to hear uh, what was it, what is it that brought you into this space? And um, I know that you play music, which I don't do. Um, you play music, but what you know more than that you know more than just the actual act of creating um can you share with me yeah so my background I guess really comes starts with childhood so as a kid yeah I played violin and piano but even just my family um at least my dad's side was extremely musical and so Music was introduced to me at an early age and all kinds of music, um, all different kinds of genres. Primarily was a like 90s R&B baby. So like Anita Baker, Stevie Wonder, Whitney Houston, rest in peace, um, Mariah Carey, like all of that stuff is what I was heavily raised on. Um, but also just kind of given the dynamics of my family, like music was a way that I coped with a lot of stuff. Um, so I turned to playing violin well and playing piano well to also cope um, but didn't even realize that I was coping I turned to different artists and I was listening to like Aaliyah and Usher and like Destiny's Child early days and those were I don't know I just I kind of found like solace through music and then in college kind of like had a music background I was a, a music performance major for a while and then switched over to sociology and had this research paper to work on which is always fun um on social media or social memory collective memory um and yeah it was a it was a sociology research paper but I wanted to somehow find a way to link that with music. I told my professor, like, I'm not going to be able to do, like, work on social memory if I can't somehow connect this to my musical background. Mm. And she actually asked me if I was interested in the Harlem Renaissance. And I was like, yeah, I'm obsessed with it, actually. (laughs) Um, And she was like, I think if you, like, dig deeper into that, you'll find something. So I started thinking about the Harlem Renaissance and social media, which was really, or excuse me, not social media, social memory, which was really interesting because, yeah, I recognize like there are songs that I think about and just thinking again, which we'll dive into a little bit more with music and just how it connects us, connects um, and, and creates community was thinking about artists and musicians that come from the Harlem Renaissance that kind of connect me to an experience that I've never lived but can still understand so even thinking like post Harlem Renaissance and 
Billie Holiday and singing Strange Fruit. Like, granted, yeah. I didn't live in a time where um, I witnessed at least lynching of that time of black and brown bodies, particularly black bodies. Um, but you can listen to Billie Holiday and it kind of takes you back to that time. And so there's this, as, as a black woman in America, like this social memory of this experience I've never lived, which I thought was really interesting. But I dug deeper into that um, and also connected it with hip-hop and kind of the emergence of hip-hop and and connected that with the emergence of the Harlem Renaissance. Like, what were the social politics of, you know, the 1920s that were going on that created this this Black arts movement? What were the, the social politics that were going on in the late 70s and early 80s that created this hip-hop movement? And yeah, I just saw a lot of similarities in there. Long story short, wrote my paper, got an A, um, but it's always still been, you know, of course. Well, I'm but, really like, curious. It's always been something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always something on my mind, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to do that. But, um, no, so I, I hear you, and I, I'm really interested in diving into and talking about the social um connected, like, communality or the reality of mm-hmm. the Harlem Renaissance and in, in, in the emergence of hip hop, um, yeah. and what was going on. But so do you see, I would love to talk about that and we'll talk about that for sure. Um, Cause it's just fascinating. But do you see as a person that's really talented and has performed and created music, do you see a musical connection between that time those two different yeah. times I would love to know that like mm-hmm. actual musically what do you see I think there's a lot of um I mean it depends on what types of songs you dig into there's a lot of storytelling yeah. and when we were talking about social memory um whether it was our Harlem Renaissance or hip-hop and I think more it, it's easier with hip-hop but a lot of times with Harlem Renaissance you think like pizzazz of like these big fur coats and these beautiful cars and people are going to like Mitten's Playhouse to hear all the greats play and then same thing with hip-hop you think of like party and excitement and break dancing and all of this but really digging into okay why was the th- those are songs that you know existed the the I don't know excited the, the lovey-dovey songs of I think of like Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald and some of the stuff they talked about but what was going on behind those doors like artists such as Ella Fitzgerald like having to enter into back doors in order to perform at a lot of the venues that they performed at like you don't hear that story and so the the point of my research or the focus of my research was what do you remember when you immediately think of the Harlem Renaissance what do you remember when you immediately think of hip-hop and dig and really challenging um, the readers or um, who were my peers at the time um, to dig deeper when you're thinking about these movements, because especially when we're looking into black music, like there's so much more, even if you think of like songs from the temptations or um, I don't know, like Tammy Terrell, like the sixties. And again, it's a lot of love. Like early R and B was just like a lot of love, but also what's, dig deeper what's going on what what's going on when you hear um songs from like marvin gay with uh-huh. eloquently um named what's going on what's literally um, going on <laughs> yeah like really what what is going on in our society um yeah. and how are ha- how have really because it hasn't stopped have black musicians use music as an avenue to tell stories of what's what's happening within our communities and uh-huh. also um 
yeah, challenge other people to just challenge these systemic issues that are ha- happening and, and um, affecting our communities. Yeah. So, yeah. And then from there, I even came across um, more research from one of my faves, um, Angela Yvonne Davis, whom I love uh, <laughs> and would so enjoy to meet or love to meet. It'd be so dope if we could, you know, just putting it out there into the universe, have her on an episode of Social Soundtrack. But she has a book called Blues Legacies and Black Feminism, where she really explores um, some of these themes with, within Bessie Smith's music and uh, well, repertoire, really, um, Ma Rainey and Bill, Billie Holiday. But yeah, you see that throughout, and that's really what our our podcast is going to be about, too, is like, you see that with um, Nina Simone, you see that today with like Janelle Monet and uh, Solange, like there's... Even with Janelle Monet, like she's an incredible performer. I don't know if you've seen her live. No, I dream a dream. Yes. I saw her in Nashville like four years ago. And I'm actually seeing her next month um, for an open spaces concert in Kansas City. So I'm really excited about it. But yeah, she's an incredible performer, but also listen to her words and listen to her words in the context of the um, society that we exist in today. So, yeah. Oh, I'm just even thinking about Kansas City. I recognize that as two Midwestern gals, there is something about like Janelle. accessibility that can feel, well, one, Janelle, 110%. I think there's something about her that feels cozy, but also um, the accessibility of music and, and having these conversations. I don't, I don't feel like I had growing up and I, and I had to leave it to realize that they were happening all over the place, but I just didn't there's something about the Midwest that can feel really warm and comforting and something that is part of it that can feel really isolating. And yeah. uh, I'm just really, <laughs> I think that's what's pretty exciting and, and awesome to hear. Like I would love to read your thesis because I, that was coming out of space that, uh, I don't know, not everyone gets to experience. And mm-hmm. I don't know, there's, there we have, I think as two Midwestern gals, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to lift that up and recognize that it's yeah. happening and it's happening all over the place and how, and, and create space to feel heard and, and cared for. Yeah. You know? I, would, I would say Janelle Monae definitely creates a space where you can take her music, apply it to, you know, Again, like this musicology, I can dig deep into my nerdiness about it, but yeah. also like I can sit back and just pause with her music and really focus on how music like hers and similar artists can can really bridge a gap with wellness as well. It's like this super cheap way of it achieving a wellness plan. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I think that's the one thing I wish as a young, if, as a young woman, as a girl, had I been able to have Janelle Monet and what I like that in my space, mm-hmm. I think I would feel very differently. I, being able to hear yeah. a song that's, I don't really care if you like it. I like mm-hmm. it. Like just hearing that is so revolutionary for a woman that I, uh, man, I just, I love her so much. And 
my teenage self, I, I want to give that to my teenage self. <laughs> that, that is completely fair. <laughs> I'm even thinking of like the artists I named. I mean, music was something I turned to as a kid, but I don't think I really had like, I mean, except for writing music myself and like journaling since forever, but I didn't really have, yeah, like an artist like a Janelle Monet or like a Solange or... Yeah, in, in the 90s. I mean, I still love all the 90s R&B folks out there. Um, you got me through a lot of tough times. But, you know, nothing so explicit. Like, this is me also, like, um, I mean, even just being, like, a queer woman of faith. Like, Janelle is like, whoa, that right. can actually exist. This is, this is an intersection that you get to exist in un- unapologetically and, like, out in the open? Okay, cool. Love it. Um, yeah. In that, I can't imagine what that would have looked like as a child and throughout middle and high school. Absolutely. Absolutely would have been game changing. Mm-hmm. Like in every single way. We grew up in, in the the pop in, in so much pop space. Yeah. I had the huge, the big, I actually had a crush on Lance Bass of NSYNC. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> Wait, that is the first time I've ever heard you ever say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's for real. I think about it when I like put my night, I have a 90s situation playlist <laughs> and every time I put it on shuffle and NSYNC song comes on, I'm like... I was in love with Lance Bass. I mean, I was not still? a JC or a Justin girl. I was a Lance Bass girl. No, because Lil Romeo stole my heart. Well, <laughs> which again, yeah, I have interesting taste. It's that's two different spectrums. But you're you're talking about like you mentioned earlier, Usher. You know who took? Mm-hmm. You know who? Mm, when he came out with that lavender, that lavender but, button up silk top in the fan. Oh my God. A sexual awakening. I think everybody had a crush on Usher at one point between 1996 and 1999. Truly. So. I don't it know. Is, it is a fair thing. <laughs> but yes, imagine, you know, having Janelle Monet in that mix. But oh my God. Every everyone in their time, and I'm glad she's around now and creating incredible music. Yeah. Oh gosh, a whole a whole conversation we will have mm-hmm. about Janelle Monae. That is for sure. But yeah, I, yes. I, I feel that with you. I feel, I feel like it, it would have been it would have been like therapy at the time. Had I heard that mm-hmm. as a young girl trying to figure out who she was and and and. In what yeah. my place was in the world I I don't know I it wasn't until I, I must say like in the last month or two that I realized how much music was a was my in lieu of therapy for me mm-hmm. yeah I was gonna <laughs> I, ask that like what does how, how does music bridge with your therapy like what does wellness look like for you in light of that look I, I just spent so much time growing up one in in the midwest you are in a car a lot and so mm-hmm. i didn't realize how important it was to and how often i had music in my ears mm-hmm. and when i went to school i um got you know i was commuting also on public transit and all that time was spent with music and 
I don't know, I, I recognize that when I feel most happy or when I feel most contemplative and when I feel most like mm-hmm. heartful, I, it often is, it's with music as loud as it can be driving on the highway with the windows down like that is a real wellness moment and I and I always said I love that I love doing that or putting putting big headphones on you know like I'm not gonna I don't know I don't know what big headphones one would purchase I'm I I can't coast on on beats because I literally have never had them that's they're way beyond my my um financial scope but um I those types of headphones take me inward in a way that's really therapeutic. And I didn't realize this. I, when I came to DC, I, I spent, I really love podcasts in general, but I, I spent a lot of time listening to people talking and it takes me inward in a completely different way in a way that doesn't, that isn't always productive. Um, and as in as healing, I feel like there's something about like a beat or like a, a groove that can literally feel like, um, what's that, it, it, what's that, um, that clear liquid that you put on Neosporin. That's what it feels oh, like yeah. to me. Like, aloe? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I should say right. aloe because that has been a saving grace for for my, my sad, sad aloe skin many a year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aloe is so... I, aloe is the only plant that is still, like, staying alive in my house right now, so... Really? Yes. I killed, yeah, I've killed a couple plants recently. Did you kill them, or it. is it, like, the universe that's been... That's been um, the universe? Yeah, I like that. Just... <laughs> Reframe. You know, and... Sometimes... Yeah. Sometimes it's about learning, right? And growing, just like the mm-hmm. plants. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, only until very recently did I try an air plant, and I've, I feel much more successful with an air plant, <laughs> just personally. <laughs> no. Start small. The, yes. Trying to keep no, a regular no, plant I, or a food plant together? Absolutely not. I just can never do it. It's <laughs> a lot of work. It but is. No, I hear you with the, like... Because, oh, we didn't even talk about, like, how we know each other. Like, who are these people talking on this podcast? So, (laughs) Kara and I used to work together. um, And I, too, used to live in D.C. and even talk. But we're also both from the Midwest. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I feel like you can attest. Anytime somebody came into my office, I always had headphones. And I was, like, almost (laughs) always listening to music because... Yeah, for me, like, wellness is really, I, it, it helps me focus on different words, different lyrics, um, and even, like, a tone or a mood to a song, depending on how I'm feeling, and depending sometimes on what I'm working on. Um, yeah. But just in general, like, it, music has always helped me kind of focus on what's going on with my body, what's tense, what is in pain, or just, like, disrupting, and also what's like spinning around in my head what do I need to communicate that I don't quite have the words for at that moment and music has always kind of been that go-to um even like playing piano I can remember a time I was going through like 
a lot of spiritual like transformation in college and WC's first era but this isn't black music but whatever I'm a pianist too um, but like WC's first arabesque which maybe I'll add to this week's playlist was like my go-to song and it of course it doesn't have words it's a piece rather like a um, romantic era classical piece was like my go-to tune and I could play that and like tears would start falling from my eyes and I'm like I don't exactly still know what I'm crying about but this piece is what I need to communicate something that's going on um so I've also been like really interested in even looking at the relationship between music listening and music creation and like how it connects to our energy and our chakras and I don't know just like thinking about what type of playlist I need like if I feel I'm gonna go nerdy and talk about chakras do it so like Tell if me. I feel if for those who aren't familiar with your chakras so you have seven of them there's your root and your sacral or sacral I don't really know that's one thing you'll learn about me on this podcast is I read a lot and I don't really talk often so I don't know how to pronounce half the words that come out of my mouth so sacral sacral I don't know there's I mean, your solar plexus whatever your whatever your it isn't it literally your heart so whatever your heart mm-hmm. literally desires I'm not here to to tell you what's what I don't have any fucking idea (laughs) thank you Kara and then your heart chakra your throat your third eye and your crown and so for instance like if I with your root chakra it's usually like your sense of safety or your belonging um and so like a go-to song for me with belonging and also Um, shout out to Erica Toten who is she was one of the founders, I believe, of Black Lives Matter in D.C. I was on a, um, listening to a call slash webinar with her like a few months ago. And she had mentioned that twerking supports your root chakra. And I'm going to table that comment, but I, I also just wanted to acknowledge it at the same time with if you're ever feeling like you don't belong or feeling like there's a lack of safety in your life and you need to dance or turn on some sort of music, usually music that makes you twerk is going to support your root chakra. So it's just, it's good to acknowledge. Also drums help with your root chakra which again sometimes really? when drums yeah it's like really fascinating so one of the songs that I have like for my root chakra playlist if you will because yes I have playlists for my chakras um is I got the juice by Janelle Monet since we were talking about her um and also like I do by Cardi B or almost anything by Cardi B will make me truly want to twerk and feel like I, you know what I belong here I'm safe here it is what it is it's so um, funny because for mm-hmm. me yeah, that is not how I can how I can release tension. I have to be mm-hmm. like physically my body has to be like moving up and down in a way that mm-hmm. I when I'm never gonna be as grounded and competent to ever mm-hmm. twerk in my life. But <laughs> well, but how what I do I'm need so is like to release it out of my head, it yeah. feels like. And out of my mm-hmm. arms. Like I feel yes. like it it has to come out of it has to come out of me it has to feel I have to feel that literal release from my body in that way yeah like some sort of unchoreographed movement basically Mm -hmm. is what is gonna like your body always knows what it needs to do even if naturally it's not twerking like your body knows there's like a, a weird dance that I always do like before I go to bed and I don't know my body just knows what to do and it creates a sense of safety for me or, every night do you dance yeah yeah I try to dance in my mirror every night <laughs> I 
love it's, you for that. It's really, I should try that. It's liberating. Because I just look at myself and I'm like, you're a dope-ass individual. And yeah, just dance and do what you want to do. My neighbors probably hate it, but it's fine. <laughs> Why would they? I think they they would be. I don't know. Live your life as you as you as you need to do it, especially when it's right. when it's out of joy. You know. Mm-hmm. No, but like even um, so, yeah. Thinking thoroughly through what's the energy that you need, or or what what is disrupted. I feel like in DC, a lot of what was just ew, all over the place for me, and yeah, yeah was in my throat chakra (laughs) and so that's usually your chakra for like communication and speaking truth which is really difficult um when you're well it's I think it's paramount really when you're um working like as we do in some sort of like social justice movement or um some form of activism we're constantly speaking truth we're constantly speaking out against um we're also speaking what we're speaking about what we're for and in addition to making sure that your first four chakras are aligned, because a lot of times that can affect your fifth chakra, which is your throat chakra, like songs I had that were constantly on replay in D.C. were like, Don't Touch My Hair by Solange, for obvious reasons. <laughs> everything is Everything by Lauren Hill, Sincerely Jane by Janelle Monae. Um, one of our, our, my former colleague, your still colleague, actually introduced me to a song called Mind on Fire by Aisha Badru. And... I love it because one of the lines in the song is um, she wouldn't back down to the rules were mended and she didn't give a fuck who she offended. But it's like a really chill, mellow, like airy song, which I think plays a little bit off of my personality and just, you know me. So this is totally, these are all your or yeah. all your throat chakra um, mm-hmm. songs. It's so yeah, funny because I them. really mm-hmm. think that's the same, very similar to what's um, what I have been experiencing here as well, which is all around the throat. Like I did, I ever tell mm-hmm. you. Um, that I was going, I was experiencing some like really, really stressful work stuff. And uh, at one point my throat swelled up to, and I never understood what it was. It came out of nowhere. And one of my favorite things is coffee. And I had to stop drinking coffee because it was hurting Mm -hmm. to physically drink. And I was like, what is happening here? And I think it was related to literally my, Mm -hmm. I was misaligned and, um, the, my environment and my, my health was deeply connected in that moment. Yes. And it is. And I mean, like, granted right now, I'm just talking about music, but there's like a lot that can go into that, including like when a certain chakra is, uh, like misalign, like the foods that you eat, um, the the space, your co- the colors that are around you. Like, there's so much more that goes into that, as well as just like different affirmations you can say. But and actually, a physical activity that really helps. I mean, we talked about twerking with your root chakra, but a physical activity that really helps with your throat chakra is singing. And so, a lot of times, it's me like singing these songs. It's always it's it's not always enough for me to just listen to the song specifically for my throat. It's like I need to sing this affirmation in song form out loud so it could be like Destiny's Child I'm a survivor (laughs) and just saying that and not caring that I'm messing up every note because Beyonce's voice is better than mine 
Yeah, no. <laughs> it's so funny because I, I can't, I can't necessarily listen to "Don't Touch My Hair" when I am I'm in that space because I'm already, yeah. I'm already there, and so I need something to almost counterbalance it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be calming and it has to be like almost meditative in ways. So I don't know. What are, Definitely. what are, what have you been finding when you're now, what have you been finding mm-hmm. that has worked for you? Um, so now I feel like a lot of the songs that I'm listening to that are grounding me are coming from songs that are on like my crown chakra list so it's like there's this song called nappy by uh silences the noise and it's just all about being a well really being a black woman and just like i'm happy to be nappy thick lips thighs and ass cheeks got soul that is carrying me this far and i'm just like yes this is and it's such a chill song or like something like to be young gifted and black by nina simone um filters by van jess like anything that'll be like you know what I am here and I'm okay um I think this week for instance like one of the songs that's been grounding for me has been undefeated by uh Rihanna J I think that's how you say her name I don't know again I don't know how to pronounce words but it's it's a more upbeat song but put it up um, on the playlist mm -hmm, yes it will be it will definitely be on the playlist did you know, yeah. um, or did you hear about? It? It's so funny that you mentioned the the first song. Did you did you hear about the book that Bell Hooks wrote for children, um, for kids called Happy to Be Nappy? Yeah, I need to get that for my niece. I also need to buy that for every person in the universe. Mm-hmm. I just love Bell Hooks so yeah, and so I guess for myself much. too. And I think that uh, she's been talking about this a lot. It's just really interesting to bring in, um self-love early early on how many how many books are out there for children that are doing that there's like none there's like brush your teeth right this is how you make your bed right make your bed and lay your head lay your head and go to bed Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that was my little (laughs) that was my children's book quote of the day i don't know that's that's probably my children's book right right (laughs) good night moon no no shots they're great books but like yes like what how, how many children's books are out there that like are focused on your identity and like loving you especially if again at a young age if you're consciously like choosing to fill children up with these positive messages about their identity and about the way they look and like loving themselves they won't have to fight so hard to get there and you know being like we are in our 20s and now having somebody like a Janelle Monae exactly exactly what a world we could live in if we weren't just reading bullshit frankly and seeing it all happen around us I don't know I I just love the reaffirmation ugh I do it yeah so what are you um so what's going on now and what do you feel like you have been been really excited about or what um what song has been really really speaking to you I know you talked about a couple but do you have one that that you've been focused on yeah I do have several but it's been an interesting week for me right now um yeah yeah yeah, like I said, um, Karen and I used to work together. I used to be in D.C. and now I'm in Missouri. So 
re, like it's kind of like readjusting back to Missouri, but also keeping what I learned in DC. I think in DC, I in in some ways was blocked, but learn how to speak up for myself in new ways. Um, and to really like challenge authority um, for equity's sake, not just for challenging sake, but really challenge authority for equity's sake. And um, yeah, just speak up for myself and not feel like I have to go along with the status quo or just go along with what's always been done. Um, and so coming back to Missouri with just this like, I don't know, just DC is an interesting place. Like I, I miss my neighborhood. I still like miss um my my old colleagues like like Kara and other folks. Um like miss I don't know, just all the things that were going on in DC and now being back in especially like mid-Missouri, it's a huge mind shift. Um granted I grew up in Missouri and so I'm not completely shocked, but it's how do I navigate this without being I mean continuing to be a squeaky wheel I think I'm always going to be a squeaky wheel in anybody's organization or in in anyone's church in anyone's life I'm just I'm that squeaky wheel who's like equity justice let's do it all the time um I mean if you're going to be a squeaky wheel about anything (laughs) I mean yeah it should be justice and actually caring about other people all the time. But I would yeah, though like for- love, sorry, I would though love mm. to like know um, or have you create a playlist about like and, and talk about the differences between like a playlist for Missouri and a playlist for DC and talk about those experiences and like the differences in tone in the culture. That would be really interesting to me personally. So I don't know if you're interested to put something together. I would love to do that. Actually, that would be really interesting. I mean, I think that would be a good, like, project for me to also process exactly what is different from these two spaces and what what I found myself. Yeah, because there's, like, a certain... There's just a list of songs that I constantly listened to while I was in D.C., and they change uh-huh. over the time, you know, over the two years I was there. But, yeah, there's some certain songs that I'm listening to while I'm here. Um and yeah it's been like a mixture like I was telling you about like I've been this week has been like a lot of jazz just Uh because I've had a lot of meetings um I just got back like I said from St. Louis today um going to Kansas City tomorrow and yeah and then headed out of town next Tuesday so it's just like a lot going on um and I've needed jazz um just some jazz so like Duke Ellington's um Melancholia I hope that is how you pronounce it um Uh has been a song that's been on my mind just to ground me sometimes I again like I don't necessarily need words but I need a type of mood I need a type of tone that's going to balance the busyness and so melancholia is like a perfect balance to all the busyness that's been this week I think um reality check by no name has been a song heck yes that is, mm, yes <laughs> yes I could 
All right. I could spend all day. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll put together a playlist for, for Chicago versus DC oh, for me. Oh, yeah. Yes. So Carrie used to be in Chicago. Used to live in Chicago. <laughs> yes. Um, but just that, that chorus, like you're powerful beyond you imagine. Just let your light flow. And so, again, just spending all this time in DC, like cultivating that light and cultivating my, my voice and not being afraid to speak up about certain things and now coming to Missouri and keeping, kind of keeping that momentum going. Like you're here, like this the organization you work for has chose like chose you to be here for a reason. Um, and don't like so don't feel like you have to diminish that light because yeah, I'm in a different cultural context, but I think no matter where I am, whether it's DC or Missouri, uh-huh. me being a black woman in America is gonna I'm gonna be a squeaky wheel. And so just let that light flow, show up to spaces, be authentic. Some people are gonna get it, some people aren't, some people might cry, who knows? Um, I don't know if I made somebody cry today. I, I kinda hinted at this to you earlier. But um yeah, like I had a a an older white gentleman um, talked to me about him feeling like a second-class citizen. And I, yeah. So I clarified some things during that time, during that meeting. But afterwards, went up to him and just said, you know, as a Black woman in America, I totally understand your concerns with feeling like a second-class citizen. Like, I know it very full well. And I just, I don't want you to feel that way. So maybe you should. And then I gave him some suggestions of what he could do. But, like, it just baffled me that, like, this, What were your suggestions? you're a Um, fucking rock star (laughs) I try to be nice but still be petty and let him know like you were talking to a black woman about second class citizenship like I need you to not get my like bruh (laughs) bruh The great thing, though, is that, like, and I, I won't talk about the organization I work for because I don't want y'all coming after them, but, like, I debriefed this with, uh, or shared that with um, my supervisor and also our CEO, and they just, like, laughed about it. They were, like, well played and well said. And I was like, I hope you got the message because, yeah, no, I'm just not for that. So. Oh, my God. Um, Wait. Yeah. You have a dive all the way into this conversation mm-hmm. what, what what was he saying this in reference to um so the organization i work for i can't say everything but like no, we're no, a membership ahead. organization and yeah. there's just different types of membership however the benefits are equal for everyone and uh-huh. he just felt like the certain type of membership that he would pursue would make him a second class citizen and i was like yeah no that's not how it works because you get all the benefits um let's talk about real second class citizenship and how I don't have benefits. And, you know, like I wanted to go deeper and start talking about like reparations packages, but I was like, I'll just let you know that as a black woman in America, I see you and I understand your white tears with like your white male tears at that with second class citizenship. And I find it hilarious, but you know, I won't say that to your face right now. I think that's, those are the ways in which a conversation can go in one of two, one of maybe more, maybe I'm, I might be dramatic in saying one of three ways, but like mm-hmm. you just created a space for a man to feel heard and mm-hmm. question himself at the mm-hmm. same time, which is one 
really effective and two, really inspiring because isn't that what we're all are looking for? Like we're all looking, we're seeking to understand and we're seeking to be heard. And you did that and you did that in a way that didn't, I don't know if you felt like you, did you... Yeah, what I hear is I mean, power in that, think, not in minimizing your identity yeah. and then minimizing yourself. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I want to be like, your comment was just utter trash and you should go away. But the reality yeah. is like, he can continue to hold that belief and navigate through the world and have to come into contact with it. Like, nobody makes stupid comments like that and drops dead. And so if I'm going to... Right. Especially like practice what I pre- preach around like change in behavior. And again, like thinking about what we do in terms of like social change work and social, social activism, we want people to start to think differently in their actions and behavior to follow um, suit. And so if I know that you making this comment doesn't mean you're going to drop dead because it was a stupid comment, like what can I say to like help you challenge that belief and recognize at the same time, like I still want my words to sting, but sting in a way that are going to sting in a way that are, that's really going to like push you forward and not just like, yeah, push you away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a little of Missouri life. And then the last song that's really like, Again, just grounding me. Um, it's a worship song called a. It's by a, a South African group called We Will Worship, and it's a song called Yahweh. And it's just a chill song. Like, okay, why am I here? Why am I doing this work? And it reminds me that like a lot of the reasons why I continue to do this work are are very tied to my faith and very t- uh, much tied to spirituality and there was just a time I remember being in college like crying on my floor in my apartment like saying a little prayer like what how can I continue to like push the needle and like be a I don't know some sort of inspiration in the movement to end violence or you know so like what what does that look like how am I to do that also recognizing that outside of some pastors like there aren't really a lot of like Christians or anything who are doing activism work, it's unfortunately you hear Christian and you hear like oppression and right. people who are being really evil towards folks. And I'm like, that's counterproductive to, you know, the faith the values. values. Yeah, that yeah, the values that a lot of uh, Christians hold on to. And so, like, how do I do that but also stay true to my faith? But like, yeah, without feeling like I have to be like, you know, kind of. Like, you don't want to be the token black person at an organization or the token, like, millennial at an organization. I also don't want to be, like, the token Christian where people are just like, oh, yeah, but you're, like, my good Christian friend. And I'm like, oh, how do I push the needle for, yeah, that's a Christian friend. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. It's, like, another conversation I'm, like, bringing up but also tabling at the same time. So, yeah, (laughs) those are my songs for the week. I love it. I mean, shit, I mean, I'll never be able to (laughs) really lead ever in a way that will be true and honest and as powerful as you are. That is for, for, for fuck's sakes. I am not that, and I'm not, I'm not that way. 
and I love you for it. <laughs> yeah, Look, I, this is why we're friends. <laughs> we balance each other out. There are incredible like insights that you have that I'm just like, dang. Why did I think of that? You're well, that's so cool. kind. That's why you have like friends to like fill in on the on, on the ways that you're lacking. Like you're you're incredible when it comes to like asking deeper questions and really get down to the root of issues. Sometimes I'm just like, uh, whatever. I just let it go. It's so funny because I think we also uh, what I realized in this conversation too is that we also listen to music for very different reasons. So, mm-hmm. so you listen to it to get to feel like a a grounding to your voice. To you were literally using the lyrics to help cultivate exactly how you feel and think. And I mm-hmm. use it. I use music for the groove and for a sense of um, how do I use this? I, 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 I that groove can change my my energy frequency, frankly, in a way that is that is really important that I seek out externally. I seek energy externally in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and and I look for music that feels like an inspiration or feels like it has it connects with me in whatever way because I have a thousand words to say I have a thousand things that I and I use my voice as much as I possibly can and I feel comfortable in that but what I what I think is interesting is that I, I don't use it to help inform how I how I use my voice I use it to help inform how I feel internally and and track my um, and track my own personal progress. Does that make sense? So like, for example, like the one, the one song that has been really like that very recently has been really getting to me is, um, have you heard the new Leon Bridges album? Mm-mm, not completely. Mm-hmm. He has a good song that's called bad, bad news. Mm-hmm. And this song, after hearing some not great news, ironically, this album came out and I, it has this like uh, groove and it has this um, beat that really feels right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And obviously the, obviously the main line about it is, is about, um, I made a good thing out of bad news. But now it's, it's, it's carried, it has some legs for me in the way in which I use it. This song one is like in this defiant manner. Um, I needed that to like kind of, um, switch my mentality to, and out of feeling like a, a victim, but being able to, uh, in a, in a, like a defeated way, but in a, in a, in a real forward movement, like powerful, I can do this for myself and create my own half um that was really useful that song did that for me at the time and now being on that other end not stewing in my stuff and and moving forward in progress there is this line that's that says um but my but my love is tall I think that's what it is let me look it up real quick um I want to make sure we ha- I have the right words for it because it's just so freaking pretty. Um, hold on. Okay.
okay. Um, but I got a heart that's strong and a love that's tall. Mm. And that to me feels like forward movement in a, in, in a way in which that I want to live my life. And, and how I want to lead in the world. And that has, with that progress of no, of moving out of sitting in and feeling like I can't, I don't have, I don't have it to switching my, my head around and then also moving me forward in the, in the path that I, that I need to move. I, it has, it's been a really interesting, uh, that song has been a really interesting, um, grounder for me throughout this summer I don't know so that one that one to me was has been really useful but the other song that is just summary and there's a thing about DC that it's still 90 fucking degrees outside <laughs> I it's you know it's hot here in Missouri too, and it's humid like every time I got out of my car today I was just like what is life it's September I'm supposed to be in leggings and oversized sweaters like this is trash it is fall I want pumpkin spice lattes and just <laughs> basic things and scarves and the most basic. leaves around Yes, I'm so like, basic in the fall. Give me I'm a, fall a boot. Baby. Give me yes. a boot. I just need a little bit of boot action. <laughs> Goodness, open yeah. toe shoes still. <laughs> I don't want to get another pedicure. Like stop. Uh, I have a sleeveless shirt on right now. Sleeveless. Anyway, that I have my AC and my fan on. Yeah, but he yes. <laughs> well, no, I think well one that's a clear indicator of climate change and yikes. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's a song but I that, that was a myth. <laughs> what'd you say? I said that I thought that was a myth. You know, we we're just, just trying a lot of followers. <laughs> if only we had if only we had more crucial conversations like you did with everyone (laughs) but Mm -hmm. there's uh roy Ayers has a song that's everyone loves the sunshine Mm -hmm. and that song in the summer it has it is summer to me and it has it it needs to sit in hot humid heat but that is the type of song that this is it it feels like a backyard barbecue it feels like a Mm. it feels like a uh Oh gosh, like a, a, a sweet breeze. It is. It feels like you're stewing in sweat and enjoying it. That's what this song feels like. It is funky. It is fun. It 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 grooves the way that the humidity in the summertime grooves, and and, and I just love it. It's just like surprisingly a, a form of like self care, like summer music and just happiness. Like add childish gambinos. Feel like summer. Um, summertime music just has this groove about it that is almost like the epitome of what self-care should feel like. Just oh, taking it like freedom. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just freedom. I think of crop tops. <laughs> <laughs> I love crop tops. And yeah. There's Everything should are feel like a crop top. <laughs> Don't you think? We should like, put that on a crop top. <laughs> Life should feel like a crop top. <laughs> We're speaking directly to one audience, but yes. <laughs> I mean, anybody can wear crop tops. Anybody can wear rompers. So hey, look, let's do it. I do love a romper, except for in the summertime. I found. Yeah, they're oddly like not that comfortable. 
I, yeah. get it. I truly love them, but you know, maybe I'm being dramatic. It's not in the summertime that they mm-hmm. shan't be weird. It they they should never be. They should never be. Uh, did you say shan't be weird? Yes. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Just let me live over here. No, no, no judgment. I can't pronounce words and you say shan't. It's fine. It's just the one the one thing that slips out occasionally that's just so I just enjoy it. Anyway, that yeah. it's not the summer. It's where a romper cannot be worn is a music festival. Mm, you get completely yeah. naked in a porta potty. Mm. Hard pass. I can't do it. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, all you do is uh, the vulnerability that you feel is another level. <laughs> also, music festivals and future conversations to have later. We definitely need to do social soundtrack around insecure. That's all I'm saying. I said, mm. Yeah. I um, are you, wait. Are you caught up? I have. I'm not yet. No, I'm one. I'm. Okay, so, I'm, an, I'm an episode behind. It's just because I don't have HBO, okay. so it's it's a real. Oh. It's a it's a real uh, mixed bag here in terms of when I'm consistent when I'm inconsistent. But I will catch up because I know. Um, you're going to be in DC when the last episode drops, yeah? Yeah, I am convinced that Issa Rae is dropping the season finale of Insecure for my birthday, September thirtieth. Yes. Um, that's her birthday gift to me. I just I don't know why people keep doing this. Last year, Solange had a an entire concert um, the day after my birthday when we when I was living in DC, and I'm just claiming that as the Solange concert for me. It was my yeah. It was my birthday concert. So, but yeah, I I like our playlist. I like our. I think you're right with and just again just being so succinct with how differently we use music. Um, and we will be posting our songs just so you can know a little bit about us um, from this episode on SoundCloud and Spotify. Yes, I said SoundCloud. We're basically going to be like SoundCloud rappers slash DJs. <laughs> I hope we didn't lose another but with audience. Far better branding. <laughs> yeah, and with, and with personality that extends beyond just your classic. Stoner SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> Not all Uppers SoundCloud Well, Chance the Rapper started on SoundCloud, didn't he? Oh, you're right. Who am I? Fuck yeah, me. we can be like Chance. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, well, you can follow this week's playlist on SoundCloud and Spotify. Um, yeah, and then... Love it. Yeah, conversations and, uh, with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested. One, I know we talked a little bit about like what music has been for us and where where it has been important for us to engage in. But there are you know a thousand mm-hmm. different ways in which one takes care of themselves and mm-hmm. is in functions for their own wellness. And I'm interested in that. So. We want to hear about it. So uh, reach out to us anytime and share what you do and, and why you do it um, at socialsoundtrackpod at gmail. Or email us and we'd love to hear it. 
Yes. And you can um, follow us on Twitter at Social Sound Pod. That's S O C I A L S O U N D P O D. Um, and you can use the hashtag Social Soundtrack. And yeah, be in conversation with us. Kara um, is Twitterless, but we'll be checking in Social Soundtrack, <laughs> Social Soundtrack um, Twitter. And yeah, I'm also on Twitter at Lissandra Janae. And so we'll be in conversation with y'all. Um, yeah, share us your favorite song. Share us other ways, whether it's dancing or some other like creative ways that you use um, art to take care of yourself and other forms of wellness. I think my one takeaway this week for wellness is a happy thing. Um, I just got a new therapist, which is going yes. great. Yeah. So that's Big my... Win. Yeah, she's having me work on a, a mental health um, safety plan. Which I I've, love I it. I realize I've never done. And I'm like, wow, I've been doing this work for how long and I've never done a mental health safety plan. So, yeah, we're working on that. And again, there's, there are so many different like layers to wellness. And so not just getting bogged down and caught up with my um, music. I also want to ensure that I'm like talking to someone who is an ob- objective individual, doesn't know all the details of my life, but is still learning about the details of my life and can help me navigate effectively so yeah therapy also yay equitable salary so i can pay for therapy again oh god i would love to to cheers (laughs) three cheers for that i will three cheers for it regardless Um, of where i'm at but we'll have an economic episode for sure oh yeah i would love a self-care um a self-care um note to be i just found out this week that there are higher yield bank accounts Mm-hmm. or savings accounts that are like 1.8% interest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your bank account, oh. you're, you're sitting in, you may have some, some cash store just to stay safe, you know, emergency funds, or you might just have money that you're looking, you're trying to build on, but you are struggling because the, the, the banks are like 0.01% some bullshit, um, holding your money and investing in it. Um, yeah, there are online if you type in high yield savings accounts, you can online bank with a savings account, put your emergency funds in there, um, and make almost, um, almost inflation rates. So it, it's not, you're not oh. depreciating. So that is nice. an awesome fun fact that I'm going to engage in this, uh, soon because I want to, I want to do that too. So that is nice. my, that's mine. That's my self care is that I'm trying to get my money right. (laughs) Did you laugh? (laughs) No, I'm like about to like go into an old school gospel song about money. Oh my god. Yes. That Please. is my church mother saying. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a whole we could do so many episodes or in every episode on <laughs> on finances and the importance of it, especially in given that, you know, student loans are exorbitant. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's what I'm gonna do. I really feel like mm-hmm. I, I am on a kick to be more informed and feel better about where I'm at and feel better about mm-hmm. like we have to, it is a radical act to talk about money with each other and we gotta do it more. We gotta be honest about where we're at because none of us are in the, in a perfect space. We've all made mistakes with money and we all will continue to, right? Because there's a thousand ways in which we make decisions based on money. But 
Yeah. And, and, the, and, the, and a lot of them aren't mistakes. They're just the situation that we're in. So, uh, yeah. That affects I, you. That affects your physical well-being. That exactly. is, like, where you are financially can affect your physical well-being, your mental well-being, like... Yeah, I remember the first time I got my notification, like, you owe this much this month for your student loans, and there was a physical reaction. <laughs> like, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of... And honestly, especially as like working in the movement and working in like the work that we do, and one, I think also just being millennials, that we give a shit about what companies are doing. And yeah. I'm gonna I'm spending a lot of time. You can demand in investments in your retirement to be in social organizations, and I think mm-hmm. we have to lift that up more. I know, and I wanna recognize that not everyone has access to a retirement account, but there are ways that I want to be better. And I think we can all be better collectively and put some pressure on some folks and the the investors that are, are giving us really not great socially responsible investment um, portfolio. So that's important. Financial self-care. Financial self-care. Financial self-care, new therapists, of course, music, playlists. Share with us what you're doing, and we'll catch you next episode. Yeah. Sounds good. Bye, y'all. Bye.